welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world and via the podcast and our Facebook podcast platform, our listeners on our FM station in New York, and our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. We have an outstanding show for you today, complete with a great guest lineup. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hi, everyone. I want to introduce you to Chef Georgianne Leeming, who is the culinary director of Foodie Hall in New Jersey. Georgianne, welcome to uh, Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you for having me here. No problem. And for our listeners out there, just so you know, she brought like a whole array <laughs> of some of the food um, from Foodie Hall, and she is so talented. I, I've had her food before at your events, and mm-hmm. I ordered it like a Secret Santa kind of thing, <laughs> and I love what you do. Um, you. But now, where did you get started, and who who inspired you to become a chef? Um, honestly, just growing up, I was the youngest of three girls, single-parent household, so we cooked. <clears throat> I didn't go to culinary school until I was like 23, honestly. I was a preschool teacher before that. So what prompted me, or I don't even remember now. It just it was Back then, I was like, okay, what can I do? I need to go to school for something that I'm going to enjoy, maybe make a little money in. Um, I think I think of because I like to cook, and Food Network was pretty big back then. Maybe that inspired me, but there were, I don't think I had any big epiphany moment. Like, ah, oh, this is what I need to do. <laughs> there wasn't like some you know light bulb moment that was like I'm gonna be driven to be a chef. No, nope, no, nope. but I'm just you know I'll just say that I'm one of those people that are lucky that the first <clears> time <throat> I did go to school for something that you know I did well with it and enjoyed it. And you know, speaking of uh, where you went to school, you graduated from the uh, Academy of Culinary Arts, Mm -hmm. and your first job outside of there was what? Um, Well, during school, I was actually just working in a country club because it was it was a good time uh, time wise for me because I was also a young mother. I had my daughter um, and my beginning of the culinary school. that was fun. First semester, pregnant with her, working full time in the preschool and going to school. Um, But when I got out, when I graduated, I went. I started at Harris in Atlantic City. And uh, yeah, they mentored me up and helped me my way, you know, as a cook up to a chef. No, that was at one of uh, Gordon Ramsay's restaurants, was it not? Not in the beginning, no. Oh, okay. oh no, no. I, I, I came back and left. I yeah, worked my way through some of the casinos and, you know. Yeah, you definitely did. I saw on your resume, like, you hit a lot of different casinos that you were working at. That is a... Uh, like very powerful, like you have to have a lot of drive because you're pushing out food very quickly, right? A lot of people, especially, um, you know, back in 1999, I'm going to age myself here, when I graduated, um, you know, it was a lot different, you know, the next thing was really booming, you know, obviously, you know, fell back for a few years and come back again. But um, yeah, I mean, the numbers that they do compared to some regular, you know, restaurants is, is pretty big. And, you know, I, I feel like that's where you probably earned some of your, like, earmarks, like, or got got your feet wet, per se, um, learning how to push out a large quantity of food and just, like, a high-demand kind of environment. Um, so you also opened up – this is not your first time, or rodeo, I would say, um, <laughs> working in a restaurant setting where you have, your like, a lot of hands-on experience. You have also 
owned uh, or co-owned a couple of restaurants mm-hmm. along the way um, within, I believe, Phil- Philadelphia. The yes. sandwich. The, <laughs> I want to say it correctly without laughing. Sandwich. Yes. <laughs> yes. And supper. <laughs> and so the, the supper is like, hey, Ma, what's for supper? That was my boyfriend's thing. So, yeah, we started Northern Liberties with the supper. And then we opened up Sandwich by Supper and then switched them both over. So we were in Northern Liberties and um, uh, down in Queens Village. Yeah. yeah. Now, um you currently with Foodie Hall, you're working in an environment where um, you're working with the two owners who, you know, they're they're known for, you know, owning a restaurant. They're heavy in the restaurant business. Um, and they opened up an apparition kitchen, if I remember collect- correctly. Well, that's that's our under. The, yes. Yeah, under yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they've owned other things like the the wing. Wingcraft. Yeah. Wingcraft Atlantic in, in Atlantic City. Nick, Nick does. Yes. Yes. And now, how did you come across them, you know, or how did they reach out and find you? Um, well, actually, I worked with at Harris uh, when I was at Ramsey Steak. Um, Dan's girlfriend worked at Mortaranos. So during COVID, um, she had reached out and they had just, you know, started planning all this. and were looking for somebody. So she reached out to me to see if I was interested, um, you know, in, in hearing about what they were doing. And that's kind of awesome because, you know, now now you're like in a close to me (laughs) and I have a wide selection of food that I can you know choose from you know which again viewers we will have pictures of the food up um I think I actually posted up food today Mm -hmm. so if you want to look at some of the foods that uh foodie hall offers that chef um Leeming has out you can look on my on my site or even go to foodie hall um to see it but uh, why don't we delve into Foodie Hall itself? Because this is a huge undertaking. Um, you know, it's not just one restaurant. It's, you know, a ghost, a bunch of different ghost kitchens or, you know, culinary concepts under one roof. So yeah, we, yeah, we like to call it like basically an e-restaurant or virtual food hall. Um, just because during the pandemic, a lot of ghost kitchens came about and, and they didn't all get a great, you know, rap as far as because some of them were just, you know, people trying to get by and just kind of just throwing out, you know, the food, you know, whatever they could. You know, this was a really well thought out kitchen built just for this purpose. Um, it was 4,000 square foot alone in the kitchen. Uh, it was an empty warehouse space and it was built with, you know, state of the art, you know, equipment and for efficiency and, and ease for the, the cooks to use. Yeah. Now, um, I personally like I'm eclectic when I want to order food and I it's kind of perfect because this and this is part of why I'm so excited about what you guys have going on, because when I get hungry, especially if I'm hangry, um, hashtag hangry, (laughs) I I get to a point where I'm like, I want to eat this and I want to eat that and I want to, you know, and it's eclectic. So, um, you know, some of the things that I love of course you you already figured this out from uh <laughs> how many times i'm like can i have yeah um so you've dan dan noodles which yes. is you know like based in the asian culinary scene mm-hmm. um but you know you also have the uh vermicelli noodle bowl and mm-hmm. um which i'm excited about but you know you have like the burgers and like how did how did you come about like creating all these different dishes um, oh yeah, getting to my point. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, you have all these different dishes, and when I get that hangry sense when I want to order something, like it's available, like I can order eat from each individual culinary concept and have it delivered to my door. But I don't have to call around and like get. Oh, can I? Can you give me this and then call up another place? So I think that's fat fantastic. But um. How how was it coming up with the different 
huge varieties of mm-hmm. um, menus for Foodie Hall. Well, first off, that's the whole point of why we have the varieties, because it's about not this or that for families. It's this and that. Um, so basically, you know, we sat down with, with Nick and Dan and we were just going over, you know, what food concepts we were looking at, you know, between the burgers and fried chicken, things like that. Um, and we just saying, what can we do to cover kind of everybody's taste and like, that we get everything in the gamut there, like what we need to, to do it. So, you know, it started with, okay, with the burger concept, of course we have to have a good burger. You know, they have great burgers, um, at Wingcraft. We use, you know, both use the Freedom Eats and, uh, Fumika Brioche Rolls. Um, and then because, uh, I'm also was known in Philly for my best of fried uh, chicken sandwich through Philly Mag. I'm like, okay, fried chicken sandwiches. That's a concept, you know, called Jersey fried chicken. Um, Then we just worked our way down. What else? Of course, pizza. We have great pizza. We have great Detroit recipe uh, working on the thin crust right now and just worked our way around. Okay, we're going to have some tacos. We're going to have this. So then once we got the the concepts we wanted to start with, then we're just really working on the menus. And then, you know, once we get them all open, we just work on a few more. Yeah, because right now um, I can say personally now that I've tried your crisscross pizza, um, I have tried. Uh, I'm gonna botch it, Fiorni. Fiorni. For see, I yeah, told you I was, okay. I was right. gonna mispronounce yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried your meatballs from there, mm-hmm. and your Arancini balls. Um, I've tried, you know, obviously from Canteen um, Canteen Walk um, or Canteen Noodle Bar. Mm-hmm. I've I've had numerous stuff because I I do love Asian. Asian mm-hmm. food. <laughs> um, and the uh, Dando tacos yes. I've had. Yeah. And you have that out in the... in We have the quesadilla out there, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting and, and flavorful and, you know, the um, consomme, like, to, to dip it mm-hmm. in. Um, so what are some of the other things that you have that you've made available that are popular items? Um, each station kind of has their own thing. I, um, you know, with, with the Nick Burger... Uh, people really like it, which I brought today, the Smokehouse Burger. We can get a single or a double. So, I mean, really the best way is the double because there's nothing like when there's, like, cheese wedged in between the two layers with all the fat, you know. Um, so each oh, one. i you there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's the best. You know, even if it's just our sim- simple Denix, which is our basic burger, it's still just, like, a whole other level when you get that double patty. And we do a smash patty. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, you get the nice, you know, seared edge and all. So I really love that. Um, and the Simply Fowl. Once again, we have an original Jersey Crispy, but we know we, we have one with pimento, a southern with uh, homemade pimento cheese and fried pickles. And so, like, you know, there's the best seller in each category, grilled cheese. We have a short rib grilled cheese, which is great. We do a brunch grilled cheese. Oh, actually a really popular one, uh, the Fluffernutter. So we do a grilled one with the uh, peanut butter um, fluff and strawberry jam. And then we have the Elvis with the peanut butter, banana, and bacon. So... And, you know, so like I said, each one, and the great thing is like, so you can get, okay, well, I'm going to get the sweet thing there and that, and the, or the warm baked cookies for dessert. Um, and especially, you know, because, you know, Jersey is going recreational sales starting the 21st. So, you know, we'll have <laughs> all the all the taste and everything covered for all that as well, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> what was that, Gene? That's very important. Exactly. You know, gotta, I mean, you got to get. Got to take care of the clients. Exactly. You definitely have to take care of the clients. Um, but yeah, so I and, and it's exciting because you also you mentioned the warm. OK, so you mentioned the warm cookies. Mm-hmm. These are not small cookies. These are like holding your hand <laughs> like they take up a large quantity of hand holding um, space. And um, what you did at the event with the, the Van Van Leeuwen, mm-hmm. yeah, um, their ice cream, which you also sell pints for. Yes. So, I mean, people out there listening and anyone seeing this on the on the youtube channel it is 
outstanding because if you are having a craving if you uh have a group of people that are hanging out with you know a large party and everybody wants something different this is perfect because it's available yes actually what we do is we sell like build your own little ice cream cookie sandwich at the home so you can get the four cookies and the pint of ice cream so and they're huge though i mean so like we can cut them in half for you guys at the event and it was just they're they're four ounce cookies they're big they're they're warm to order for you before they go out in a foil bag so they're warm when they get to you we also have little milks for chocolate milk if you want milk and cookies or you know regular milk so we got we have all the bases covered really yeah and and it's you know and i want to also mention the fact that you have a program where you're giving back to people who are either food insecure or you know you need to or looking for a meal and they're kind of maybe having trouble Mm -hmm. you have um a program meal for meal um do you (laughs) want why don't you tell our listeners a little about about the the program yeah so i mean you know in the industry restaurants and chefs you know it's you know really our responsibility to keep people fed and that's whether you know they are paying customers or not so we have a meal for meal program um and so what we do is, you know, for every meal that's that's uh, purchased, we donate a meal. So it'd be through Feeding America, and they, they distribute it to the local food banks. So and that's good. And you are going to continue to do that throughout, you know, your your open hours, no matter what. Yeah, that's part of our, you know, that's part of our company mission. So um, that will always be the case, which is good. Yeah. Um, now, are you? Do you have any other events that are coming up, or you know? What what's your next concept that you're opening up? Are you allowed to divulge that? Well, it is for Nere, um, so we're we're working on that uh, this next uh, week or two and have, have that open. Um, I'm going down to a women's chef conference for a couple of days next week in Florida, so when I get back, we'll probably uh, launch that. Um, but I also am also like I said, I was working on uh, a thin crust recipe for for um, crisscross as well. But we want to make sure we have that down perfectly before we launch that. So basically, all our our varieties that are in the D- Detroit will be available in that as well. Yeah. And um, I also, so chef, oh, sorry. If I, if, I, if I could chime in here just for our listeners um, who, because Detroit pizza is not something that is really common in this area, very few places do it. Um, I personally love Detroit pizza, but can you uh, give our listeners a little tutorial on what's different about Detroit pizza? Sure. Uh, it's one of my favorites right now, too. Um, so basically, it's similar to a deep dish, but it's, it's lighter, more like a focaccia versus, you know, too heavy. Um, but really what makes the pizza is about the crown, the cheese crown around it. So we really focus on getting a lot of cheese along the edges. So as it bakes, it really just becomes this nice, you know, like the, the piece you always pick off that's, all, you know, melting off the edge, whether grilled cheese or anything that really caramelizes. Well, you've got that around the whole entire piece of pizza. And we cut into eight slices. So every slice gets a piece of that crust. Um, that's really what makes it special and that's something that i would fight over like growing up i would be like you know actually like i feel like everybody kind of fights over which one has that 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 caramelized cheese because there's just something absolutely like tantalizing about that and it tastes so much so good um and now what um what for our listeners do you offer gluten-free wise and vegan wise so we do have, uh, for we'll start with a vegan, um, vegan vegetarian. So each menu does uh, have options on it. Uh, we do right now use Tyndall plant-based chickens, a little bit new in the U.S., um, but it offers us, you know, great flexibility for whether, you know, if you order the fried chicken sandwich, you have options to have it, you know, chicken breast or the Tyndall chicken fried or grilled. Um, 
over in Canting, we have a char siu t- uh, tindal ramen. We have the chile verde uh, tindal on tacos. So every station has something. Pretty soon we'll probably have it over for the parm sandwich as well on uh, criss crust. Um, so there's uh, options, obviously, things without without the meat in general. But um, and it's gluten-free. All our tortillas for, for the tacos are corn tortillas. Um, so they're safe to use, uh, to eat. And then for canting, there's many uh, rice noodle dishes. And then to make sure that everybody can still eat the rice noodles after the sauce is on it, all our sauces are based with the gluten-free soy and hoisin automatically. So this way, there's no no issue with that. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I love that. And it's extremely tasty, by the way. Like <laughs> <laughs> You can't tell it. Yeah, it's just as good as, you know, the real and just, you know, all the flavor that goes into each one. But um, this way, you know, there's something for everybody and everybody can, you know get what they need out of it now um when you i mean obviously you have the ability to make just about anything um but when you're cooking like uh do you have anything in particular that like you're like oh i'm craving this it depends on the day of the week or the month (laughs) i mean i go like you know i really do enjoy asian as well um my family is, you know, it's Italian background, so nothing like a fresh pasta for me. So for an area, I'm going to be really excited about, and, um, you know, I've already making my meatballs and my Sunday gravy. It's all mine, homemade, you know, but um, when we get to the pastas, that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, it just depends on my day of the week. You know, one day I love a taco. Right now, my favorite on the is the Korean pork tacos on Dondo. And, um, you know, so it's, like I said, it depends on the day of the week. I don't have any favorites. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, like, especially like from from the culinary world, I'm sure that your palate needs to be like more expansive. Um, now, I want to also mention just real quick, because I think it's important that people people know if they don't know already okay. that you that you've been on television. So if you yeah. want to see you in action, they can they can, you know, go back and, and online and go to the Food Network and see you, you know, creating dishes or whatever on Chopped. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from my understanding, you made your chicken, I believe your, your chicken for, for Chopped, or was that um, on for something else? On for the the uh, sambal chili chicken, maybe? I think so. So actually what it was is I got one of my competitors on Chopped was Aria, and she has a place, um, a little business called uh, Aria's Malaysian Kitchen. Not even little. She's been doing such an amazing job and recognized by a lot of the food magazines. Um, so out of Brooklyn, she makes these Malaysian uh, samples. And so she originally gave me that recipe for when I had my restaurant. So now it's available as a sandwich or as a bowl on canting too. So Which is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> and so I wanted to mention that because I know that that was somewhere on your menu. So Oh, yeah. <laughs> two, two different spots. We like to cross-utilize things. So it's on the, on the sandwich menu for Simply Fowl and then also as a bowl. Um, with the green beans and the yeah, sambal chili sauce with the coconut and sambal. It's just, it's delicious. Um, now, before we have to go to br- uh, commercial break, I want to also mention you are going to be competing in an amazing event and our next guests are going are going to be on talking about it. Dish mm-hmm. it up. Yes. So when is that? Uh, that is in May 18th. 18th. I always forget the dates. So many things going on. May 18th, yes. Because um, actually it was I was supposed to be on it the year of COVID, so for R2L when I was working there, and it was supposed to be within a couple of weeks after, you know, everything closed down. Um, I had done the event before, but, you know, it's really great for, you know, helps, uh, you know, support women that have been abused and, and uh, need the support there. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, you know, I don't even look at it as the competition, it's just be able to provide, you know, that we can earn some money for a good cause. All right. Yeah. Now, um, as far as where you're located and um, uh, where to find you on social media, because we do have to wrap up, unfortunately, Um, where can our listeners find you online? 
So foodiehall.com, and you can see all the concepts through that one main one. And, of course, you can get us through Uber Eats, Grubhub, and all that as well. Um, and then our social main social media pages are Foodie Hall, but each one also you can find on the crisscross and all the separate pages as well. All right, Georgian, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you, Chef. Thanks. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guests. Well, it's such a great honor to be talking with the organizers behind an absolutely fabulous event coming up in Philadelphia in the very near future. The event is called Dish It Up 2022. It is the only Philadelphia women-only chef competition to be held every year in the city. At this time, please help me welcome Diana Wajojo and Joanna Oturo Cruz to Food Farms and Chefs. Joanna, Diana, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us and talking about this great event and what the cause is and everything that goes with that. Great. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank so, you. Before we get too far into what the event's going to be like that day. Let's talk a little bit about what it benefits. The fund raised, the funds raised through Dish It Up support a great organization in Philadelphia called Women Against Abuse. It is the city's only comprehensive domestic violence service partner. Some statistics I read the other day on the line online just struck me as so terrible that, that one in four women and one in ten men suffer some type of uh, intimate partner violence. That is overwhelming to us. Could you tell us a little bit about what the, the charity does and how these funds are directly going out to help women in need? Thanks, Jane. You're absolutely right. We touch thousands of individuals who are um, victims of domestic violence, survivors of intimate partner violence um, here in the city. Unfortunately, our Philadelphia Police um, Department responds to over 100,000 calls to domestic violence. So the numbers, the statistics are, you know, as you indicated, one in, in four women and one in 10 men. So it does not discriminate. Um, and we are the Women Against Abuse is the the uh, provider that provides uh, not just hotline services with some other um, nonprofits that support that, but also we are the only ones that has the legal center. As you can imagine, it is scary to go to court even to pay a traffic ticket, let alone standing feet away from the person you love who has brought harm towards you. So navigating through a very complex, whether it's through family court or criminal courts, um, having a legal advocate or attorney um, to really help you navigate a very complex um, system is something that we're able to, um, to provide. Um, also, we are the organization that has the only safe havens for survivors of domestic violence in the city of Philadelphia. So for a city where we have 1.5 million people, 
um, with the stats that we just talked about in uh, domestic violence, we're able to serve more than you know, um, 10,000 people a year as a result of uh, providing services through, again, social services, our legal center, our hotline, or our safe havens. Well, one of the other things that I give you so much credit for, when all the organizations out there were closing up their doors during the pandemic because they had no funding or donations were down, you managed to keep afloat and keep helping women in a time that was probably even more necessary when people were home for longer periods of time, spouse wasn't going out there, you know, so many things that we hear about the pandemic where couples either grew closer or they separated you were there really helping so many others so really kudos to your organization for doing that uh you know a remarkable service you're providing absolutely services may have looked different we we, our staff was really able to pivot to accommodate whatever requirements for the pandemic over the last two years. And we're not out of the woods just yet, but definitely things are looking up. But to be able to, um, again, pivot rather than close our doors is something that we're extremely proud of because we know that the needs did not eradicate because we were confronted by a pandemic. If anything, as you said, unfortunately, we are hearing from many of our survivors that, you know, that um, sexual violence increase, right, to keep at bay the rest of types of abuse. So it is a reality that our families continue to, to, to face and encounter, and we have to be, re, uh, remain nimble and continue to, to pivot as needed to meet, to meet the needs of our, of our survivors. So let's get on to then a little bit about how the general public can come out and support the organization. Uh, the event's going to be Wednesday, May 18th. It's going to be at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, tickets are on sale, and we'll talk about how to get them in a little bit. Um, we are expecting an incredible group of women chefs, both savory and sweet, who will be competing each other for the best dishes. We have uh, some really remarkable people coming up. Uh, Georgiana Lemming, who was just uh, on the show a, mom- a moment ago, uh, Georgiana will be there. Uh, we have, who is a chop champion, so that's one. Um, Diana, you're going to be competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Klein, uh, you know, we have Victoria Tyson is going to be doing a little bit of vegan food. I mean, we have Rebecca Foxman. We have a great lineup of chefs coming out. And we have an equally talented group of the majority of which are women judges. You know, we have Gina Cannon. We have Marilyn Johnson from Philly Grubb and Barbie Marshall, who is Hell's Kitchen celebrity chef. And then we have David Spadaro, who doesn't love one of the Eagles talk show hosts. David Spadaro is just a fabulous guy. Um, tell us a little bit about what the night is and, uh, and, you know, what guests can expect when they get there. So we definitely, it's going to be a, a fun time with lots of food and an opportunity to celebrate all of these amazing chefs that you just named and many more. Um, but it's really an opportunity to really elevate the needs of domestic violence, celebrate the survivors and their sense of resilience that they have, um, you know, to, to continue forward. 
um, to keep informing the work um, that needs to happen to eradicate what impacts so many people each and every year. But we have a little bit for everybody. So as you say, you know, for those that like the sweetness, but also the, you know, the, the savory saltiness or what have you, um, you know, the beautiful thing that, that happens in every culture, we spend a lot of time in the kitchen where we're hosting, right? And great conversations happen there, no matter what, what culture you come from, thing, conversations, people just tend to talk around food. And so we want to be able to nurture that and embrace that and have great conversations and, and really celebrate, um, you know, again, our champions, our advocates who do this, whether in their restaurants or in their kitchen tables, um, to continue to elevate the awareness of domestic violence. And that's so important that people can hear those stories and, and you know, understand what they're going through. I've been involved uh, with a group for many years, uh, Walk a Mile in Their Shoes, which is at a college level, we do it a lot, um, teaching people about intimate violence and, and, you know, sexual violence and things like that. And literally, the idea is that the men don high heels and walk a mile. Um, and then hear some speakers and all, but those stories, those personal stories and, and hearing that and hearing, you know, the successes that come out of that really is what motivates people to, to get involved and take a hard look at that. So, you know, what a wonderful format. We also have a couple, uh, great, great, uh, celebrities appearing yes. that night. Uh, we have Telemundo 62 anchor, Lynn Small is going to be there. But more importantly, uh, I don't want to say more importantly, but it's important. We have Troy and Tommy Vincent, Tommy right. Vincent. Um, Tommy is a remarkable story. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, her appearance there and, and a little bit about having that remarkable person on staff? Yes. So every year we're able, you know, we could not do this job alone. We need tremendous advocates, champions to really um, continue to, again, elevate the voice of, uh, of the need and the resources that are available. And, and um, 2022 Advocates of the Year is Troy and Tommy Vincent. Um, Troy Vincent is not just an, an NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame nominee, uh, a, a former um, Philadelphia Eagles um, uh, Hall of Fame inductee, but he's currently right now the executive vice president of football operations for the NFL. And Tommy um, is his wife. She's also a chef. So again, for something that she has dedicated her whole life. Um, she's also a, a um, not just an advocate for domestic violence, she's a survivor of domestic violence. And she has taken her trade of culinary um, as a form of healing and sharing with other, again, spreading the word with the use of food. Um, her husband, Troy Vincent, is very open and an advocate also about his trajectory with um, domestic violence as a survivor of a, as a child where he had to, he had the unfortunate experience of seeing his mom um, being a survivor of domestic violence. So they as a family have dedicated to build awareness around domestic violence and really support um, all efforts, domestic violence and sexual assault. So they will be present. They will be our 2022 advocates of the year for what they do as a family to build awareness around the world for domestic violence. 
Um, and again, Tomi, as a chef um, and the work that she's done across the country is, is amazing. It's an amazing story of strength and resilience. And they're going to be present to share it with us. So I want to be very clear for all our listeners there that Tomi's story is not at the hands of Troy. Um, so, you know, we're all clear. Troy is an incredible advocate, one amazing human being. I've had the honor of meeting him several times, and his wife is just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. Um, but, you know, it's it's really an amazing evening of food. Uh, I believe that we're expecting about 500 guests this year for people uh, that are there. Uh, our very own you, Dylan, will be there. Philly Chit Chat will be there doing pictures. Uh, there is a step and repeat. You'll be a, a lot of celebrities, and you'll be amazed at the number of people that are showing up that night. Uh, just a really, really wonderful group of people um, there to share their experiences, enjoy the great food, and try the chef. So, do you get to, you know, aside with the judge, do you get to try a lot of that food yourself? There will be food for everyone, for sure. Um, and, and we're definitely, um, we're, again, we, we have some amazing competitors, and I know Diana's with us here today, um, but they'll have an opportunity to share their expertise with all of the um, guests that will be attending Dish It Up. So, in how many years has Dish It Up been taking place now? What are we looking at here? This is the 14th year. Okay. So in the 14 years and, and the number of years that you've been involved in that, uh, tell us a couple of the, the highlight culinary experiences that our guests can expect to possibly find this year as well. I think, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have a little bit of everything. Um, you know, again, we have a, an, an, a myriad of different cultural foods, um, including vegetarian food. Um, for individuals, we, you know, again, I think that no matter what culture you come from, but we'll, we'll definitely have some, some um, uh, Indonesian food, um, some Asian food, a little bit of Italian food. So a little bit of all cultures will be present. Um, and again, as I said, we'll have a little bit for everybody. And that's a really important thing to know that there are options, whether it be gluten-free, vegan, things like that. So I'm going to speak a little bit about the uh, the event in the fact that it is May 18th. As I said, there is a VIP component. If you wish to buy a VIP ticket, the VIP is from five to six. And that includes a tour of the Eagles locker room. I love the behind the scenes tours. I've been on them many times. Strongly suggested. And then the doors open from six to nine. Tickets are $150 per ticket, uh, but I terrible, terrible, terrible thing being an old head like me. Young professionals are only 75. So for That's those right. young professionals, <laughs> go on, buy the young professional ticket. I guess I came a period in life where I could, you know, enjoy that extra $75 donation. It's a wonderful thing. And it's for a good cause. And I encourage you, if you can't afford a $150 ticket, don't just go with the 75 buy the $75 ticket and donate another 75 to women against abuse 
org. So if you're interested in finding out about the work that the organization is doing, you can look at womenagainstabuse.org. You can also find some information online at Dish It Up. I have a question for Dana. What what are you making at the event? Oh, that's a secret. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh. Can't even divulge that for our listeners. Huh? You can't divulge that for our listeners. How about at least the culture? What are you, are you going to be bringing in your culture to that? Are you going to be stretching outside the box a little bit? Oh yeah, I always try to incorporate um, at least like Indonesian um, cuisine with some American or like modern techniques to like special like these special occasions. Um, you know, just try to make it a little bit special, prettier. <laughs> right. So for our listeners, I cannot stress enough how fabulous an event this is, how great the food is going to be. Obviously, there's going to be beverages available. It's a it's a comprehensive event. Um, you know, look up, dish it up, get involved. Don't be afraid to make a donation when you're there that night. Come make a donation there that night. Learn much more about the survivors and the stories that are involved. I want to thank both of you for the amazing work that you're doing. And before you leave, if each of you, before we end this, can share one important point that you think the general public needs to know about the mission that you have. I, I would say that, you know, we all know someone, uh, unfortunately, that has been impacted by domestic violence. And so if you know someone you know, um, support them, um, you know, let them know where to turn. You know, you can always call the 24 hour hotline um, for any support. And that's at 1-866-713-3014. Um, and um, come out and support this shit up and wear your purple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, talking about really the cause that the event itself you can find on our website or through our Facebook groups you can get more information you can look this shit up but more importantly the cause and the great work that you're doing thank you both for joining Food Farms and Chefs thank you Jean. thank you thank you Thank you very much and our show is very proud to be a part of that event we'll be doing a live show from this great event Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Thanks, Maris. Tune in to Dining on a Dime to hear from Gene Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amaris Pollock and find her across social media at A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S at gmail.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, I want to introduce somebody that has a very special trait in the food world. Besides being an outstanding mixologist, I want to introduce Chef Mike McKinley, who produces some absolutely fabulous CBD-infused culinary creations that are clearly art. 
as well as Laurie Eaton, who is the owner of Old City Kitchen. Uh, Chef Mike will be at Old City Kitchen this week doing a CBD-infused dinner, and we just wanted to jump on and really talk about this growing trend. And as it, you know, we we get legalization in the state of New Jersey uh, for recreational use. This is going to be a growing and growing field. And Mike, you've really excelled at this for quite some time. So tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what made you get into this. Well, uh, thank you for having me on, first of all. Thank you uh, all. But uh, I guess uh, my story is the story of three people, honestly. Uh, It's my grandfather, a guy named Mr. Charles, and my mom. So my grandfather is uh, old Cajun. He was the cook in the family. And I think uh, what he informed about my ideas about food is that it's in itself a communication. It's a communication of time, it's a communication of place, it's a communication of the conditions that you are under, and we celebrate food because it's a form of survival. And uh, as one of the only species on Earth that eats communally, it makes sense that it's a form of communication because, you know, we just need it to live, right? Second, That's true. Uh, there's a guy uh, in Chinatown who owned a place called Charles Plaza. And uh, as a kid growing up, my dad used to take me over there all the time. And it was interesting because his style of cooking was from back home. He was a physician in China, and he's a degree doctor in Eastern medicine and herbal medicine. And what would happen is, is people would come to his restaurant with ailments, and he would prescribe herbs, medicine, and specific meals to help them along their journey back to health. So, uh, you know, as weird as it was, I'd ask him about it, and he said, you know, in China, we get paid until somebody gets sick. So it's important to us to make sure that people stay healthy, and the best way to do that is to make sure that the food that they're eating is healthful. The third mm. is my mom. Uh, she, uh, she's been sick most of her life, and she, uh, had lupus. Terrible condition, lots of, uh, lots of pain involved, and lots of pain management, and she wasn't really the type of person who, you know, would take a drug. She didn't take anything really stronger than Tylenol that I can even remember. And, uh, I found that in my own research, and in her research, that infusing cannabinoids like CBD into her food, you could help her with her pain management, ease some of the inflammation that she was having, because of the lupus, et cetera, et cetera. So she proved to me that it was possible to communicate helpfulness through food. So from those three things, I figured out, okay, food is communication. Through that communication, I can communicate good health and have it passed on, and it works. And for, I guess, a decade now, I've been uh, taking calls and helping people to do things from infusing CBD into honey lollipops and all kinds of other bioavailable products. And I really want to show people what can be done with cannabis, with cannabinoids, and with what I like to call pharmaceutical gastronomy. 
Well, something that stands out, and you know, I have worked alongside you a number of years, off and on, different locations, and and doing things together. You are really an artist with your food. Your dishes look amazing. Uh, you know, just from the get go, you want to dive in and have that. Where did that particular part of your culinary skill come from? I mean, did you grow up uh, influenced by art, or you really well, are? Well, yeah, art everything is, you do. Yeah, art is is in everything. It's a part of what I do. And honestly, I grew up more of a scientist. And I learned that to, con- to communicate science, you need art. So uh, in nature, when things are bright, it either means they're dangerous or they're helpful or helpful. And through visually stimulating food, through attractive food, you can begin to make that communication. Hey, this is good. This is good for you. It makes you happy. You know, the things that we see as comfort foods and the colors that make us happy are there to help us feel better, help us be better. So, uh, yeah, good-looking food is always a part of the equation. And of the people that like to play with this food. If you can't touch your food, if you can't manipulate your food, what's the point, you know? I'm a big fan of playing with my food. I agree. <laughs> I like to have fun, and, and you know, I love the artist the artist style of of creating dishes. I, I love something that I can play with and, and stimulate every sense of, you know, when it comes to that. And that's what really culinary is to me. So I agree with that. Let's throw this out to Laura. Laura, welcome yes. to Food Farms oh. and Chefs. Thank uh, you for having me. You know, you've been here before. We talked about uh, your city or old city kitchen uh, mm-hmm. before you, you opened it. And now that you uh, have been open a couple of weeks, Tell us a little bit about how it's going. Uh, you have an amazing lineup, several of which chefs have been on our show. Um, yeah. But tell us a little bit about the highlights so far and what you have coming up. Yeah, we've we've been fortunate to uh, I've, I've been fortunate to know uh, several chefs and be introduced uh, to several chefs. Thank you, Jean, for introducing me to Mike. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of great introductions, and I've gotten a bunch of different chefs that all want to bring something different to the table. Forgive the cliche, uh, but that's what's great about it is I didn't want this to be just a cooking school or just a chef's table. I wanted it to be a variety so that everyone can look at the calendar and say that is the experience for me. And so far, we've had some. We've already had a few classes that have sold out. Uh, we've had a ton of interest in the diversity that we're offering, and I think that's the key thing that I wanted to start out with is is giving people a lot of different choices and giving them experiences like a CBD dinner or you know, like a bread making class, just, you know, all over the board, you know, you can experience something that suits your lifestyle and your interest. Well, you have certainly achieved that. I mean, and we'll get back to Mike in a minute to talk about his fabulous menu in store this week. But, you know, from bread baking to brunch to uh, Southern influenced brunch to pasta making to, you know, a Vietnamese, market that you're doing one night with some spring rolls, yeah. cupcake making and decorating. You know, you are going across the gamut. You have a pizza class in the near future coming up. Yeah. You know, some really wonderful things. Um, are you getting feedback from your clients as to, you know, what what the general public is looking for as well? So anything yeah. that uh, 
is standing out? Yeah, one thing, I mean, I really do want to focus on appealing to and, and making this accessible to everyone. So I am working uh, with Chef, uh, Michelle Stephanie. We're trying to develop some very specific dinners and experiences. So we're looking to do gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan. Uh, we want to make sure that there's something on the calendar for everyone. So we've had great success with the pasta classes, but obviously if you can't have gluten, you're not going to be able to do these particular pasta classes. So we are really looking um, to get as many different chefs and as many different cuisines um, and really, you know, appeal to everyone so that people with the food allergies or sensitivities don't feel excluded. So we're doing our best to get them onto the calendar as quickly as possible. So it leads back to Mike. Mike, tell us about your menu this week. Well, interestingly enough, and this had nothing to do with the gluten-free issues, this menu is gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of a culmination of, you know, the last few years, everybody's been kind of thinking about how they want to express themselves and the things that they've learned. So this is kind of uh, the things that have been popping around in my head for the last couple of years that I've wanted to express artistically. Um, a lot of what I've been studying have been flavors that don't really go together in your head, but go great together on your palate. And I got a couple of surprises in store. But uh, the idea is that you can infuse anything. Your imagination is only limited by what you want and what your brain wants you to have. So a couple of examples is this. Uh, I made some deviled eggs, but they're uh, they're square, and they are infused with a CBD aioli for the filling, and finished with a CBD bacon jam. And for those who do not eat pork, I made a duck bacon jam, fully infused oh, with absolutely. CBD, ready to go. A uh, curry purple cauliflower and CBD-infused truffle oil bouillabaisse. All of your flavor is there. All of the bright colors of spring are there. And you still have the CBD that you need to keep your neuroplasticity and the things that CBD is good for going on. Uh, One last little thing I'll give away is for dessert with... uh, duck bacon and local bacon, I have created a chocolate miso caramel and toffee-covered chocolate bar. Yes, I saw that on the menu. I was very intrigued by that. I may have to stop by just for a little side order of of uh, the pork belly, though. I, when I saw that. I, that I'd that be happy nice. to pack you a plate, Gene. I'd be more than happy that, to pack you a plate. Anytime. Anytime. Just screamed my name when I saw the pork belly. I mean, this is an absolutely incredible six-course dinner, and I believe there are a couple tickets still available. If if I'm correct, am I correct? Yeah. There are, there are, and I also have a couple little giveaways too that I'm keeping as a surprise. So it'll be right. it'll be a lot of fun. So for any of our listeners that are free Wednesday evening. Um, I would strongly suggest you look at uh, oldcitykitchen.com. The link to tickets are on there, and getting uh, tickets for this absolutely incredible event. 
I know both of uh, I had two family members. Both are traveling right now that were extremely interested and excited about this event. Um, you know, and and sadly neither could be there. But uh, you know, what a what a wonderful educational program. And you know, I think Mike, the 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 thing that I could stress to our listeners walking away from that evening is not only are they going to be totally blown away by the quality of your food, the presentation of your food, but they're going to walk away really educated. And with a great deal of uh, knowledge, you know, about the healing properties, about how to do infused foods, what you can do with it and inspired. So, you know, that's, that's something we can all do. Yeah, thank you. Of course, yes. During the dinner, I'm going to introduce the products. A couple of things that I'd like to talk about, too, is you can infuse fat, duck fat, bacon fat. You can make your own honey. There's so many things that you can do with cannabinoids that, you know, go beyond, you know, the old pot brownie memes that people have been, uh, you know, pushing around. So, yeah, I want people to rethink uh, not just cannabinoids specifically, but food in general, you know? And that's something that I know you have always done as a chef. You've liked to push the boundaries or the the boundaries of food. You've loved to, uh, you know, make people rethink, you know, classical cuisine and you know really inspire to develop, you know, artistic expressions. But not only from a, a visual perspective, but also from a flavor perspective. So I have to, you know, give you great kudos on that. As long as uh, you know, we will be. Can people that evening who are attending, um, will you have resources available or products available for them that they could purchase? I will have some resources available. I have some uh, some products that I may have a little bit extra that I may have available for purchase, uh, like the bacon bars that I mentioned. I'm definitely going to make a few extra of those, and I'll put one aside for Eugene, of course. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the tea service that I'm doing, I have made a CBD simple syrup for, which I will also be giving away that night. Yes, I I loved it, and all you did is simply put tea service at the end of that, and I know that it was going to be much more than just tea service. I know you too well to to uh, think anything different. So. Laura or Chef, mm-hmm. can you tell us uh, more about the times, the ticket price, where people can purchase the tickets, and you know, so on and so forth? Well, I'll, I'll take over from here. Oh, yeah, thank you. No, so definitely it's done four twenty uh, this Wednesday, April twentieth. Uh, the tickets are available at uh, oldcitykitchen.com, or you can go directly to exploretalk.com/oldcitykitchen. Uh, and then the event itself starts at, I believe it is 6.30 p.m. I'm sorry, I'm just looking on the website right now. We have a lot of things on the calendar, so I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but, yeah, so we have that. And just a lot of information is on the website. Um, if you have any questions, you can, of course, reach out to me, um, and I'd get back to you immediately. And if you have any concerns about, you know, food sensitivities, uh, we, you know, Mike has already been so gracious. We've had a couple of guests that – do not eat pork, and so he came up with a fabulous duck option instead. So, you know, whenever we can accommodate, we will do everything we can to make sure that you have an incredible experience. 
Mike, before we let you go, um, what else is in the future for you? I, I missed an opportunity over the holidays to do some bartending with you. I, I love watching you. You are a master mixologist. It's a lot of fun. Um, but well, I, I, uh, I've been doing a lot of private work, uh, to be honest. You know, with the industry being what it's been, I've been dedicating a lot of my time to helping uh, struggling restaurants get by and for, you know, chefs all over to make the best of what they have in this environment. And uh, honestly, the future for me is mostly kitchen. I'm looking forward to uh, taking this platform and really expressing it as expressing my food as art and communicating what it is that food can really do. Yeah, and the education side of it, I think it's like that's huge to me because it's not just supposed to be. I mean, yes, we want people to have an incredible experience and wonderful food, but if they can learn something and gain something from it, that is incredibly valuable. Yeah, well, well, thank you for actually looking us up, too, because, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity, I think, for Philadelphia being a food city to have a place where they can learn a lot more about food than how good it is. Exactly. So before we end this evening, if I can get from both of you where people can follow you on social media and learn more about you. Mike, why don't you go first? <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, it's a little unconventional, but I am the only king of Loserville on all of the internet. You can find me on all social events, the king of Loserville. Laura? Okay, and you can find us pretty much anywhere on the internet, also as just at Old City Kitchen. Um, our Instagram account is there. You can also sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out um, It's about uh, twice a month. We're trying not to spam people too much, but we want to let people know as soon as classes are posted so that they have an opportunity to sign up. Uh, so there's a newsletter on there. We promise we won't uh, spam you too often. We'll just send you a couple of emails each month with new classes. All right. Great. Well, thank you both for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you. PhillyRestaurantReviews.com for all information about the show, Emerald Pollock. You can find me across social media, AR Pollockus. And if you would like to be a guest or a sponsor of the show, email me at ARPollockus at gmail.com or Food Farms, the letter N, chefs at yahoo.com. Chef Gene. You can find me across social media at Gene Blum or IBFoodie2, where you can always email me directly at I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two, at yahoo.com. Thank you, everyone. Have a fabulous week and a great 420. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.